Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Brad Williams. He's a fitness guru. He's a gym owner in Huntington Beach, California, and he's a fitness podcaster. He is the host of the show, Over 40 Fitness Hacks, and it's really all about what to do when you get over 40 as a woman or a man, figuring out what in the world you can do to hack your fitness, but also he's a load of fun and great to chat with, and we have a ton of fun on this podcast because we have a lot in common. We're both over 40, and what the heck, we have a lot of fun sharing some of our tips and just stories from in the trenches so jump on into this podcast you're gonna have a fun time you're gonna laugh a bit and um it's my pleasure to introduce you to brad williams hey health junkies i have brad williams on and he and i have a lot in common so this is going to be a fun podcast because we are going to be talking about gym stuff we're going to be talking about fitness and really the whole concept of turning 40-ish, let's put it that way, because I started to notice my body go down a little bit sooner than that. And uh, here we are. So Brad, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So as we were talking about when we first started chatting, there, there's this concept of gym and fitness kind of change since since covid started and and you know really it's just an evolution another evolution in the fitness realm of things and and i think for some folks who who like i think most folks let's put it this way i'm not kidding they want to hear your story right they want to know like how did brad get into fitness and and oh yeah and where did where have you come you know from to where you headed all that kind of stuff we'll we'll get into that but tell us the story about how did you arrive at becoming a coach? How did you arrive at really getting into fitness? What did you play sports? What what was it? Yeah. So uh, just like you said, kind of grew up uh, with sports. I played soccer all my life, kindergarten all the way through the end of high school, uh, always into working out in a gym rat. My uh, dad was a medical doctor. Oh. Uh, mom was a nurse. So I just always had that kind of healthy lifestyle growing up. Um, and then just kind of fast forward, ended up at uh, Long Beach State, and just kind of getting an overall business administration degree because I always wanted to own my own business, didn't know what I wanted to do. And through various jobs and everything, ended up personal training. And then I said, wow, my brother and I just said, you know what, we want to open our business. We like doing this. Let's just go for it. So I opened up my first spot in uh, Huntington Beach, uh, Orange County, California. And uh, through the next 12 years of gym ownership and moving locations and you know, just battling how hard it is working with the cities, how hard it is even doing business in California. And then Orange County seems to be a center for, you know, the the fitness population. So there's just a million yoga, Pilates, uh, boot camp gyms, uh, private gyms like mine, and then chain gyms. It's just been a roller coaster ride. Um, so kind of towards the last three years, I you know, I had up to three gyms, like over 60 personal trainers. And it's just one by one. It was just you know, we were closing them. They weren't as profitable um, and started focusing down on just one. And then, uh, you know, some law changes happened the way I did my business with renting out space to trainers. That kind of stung. And then, of course, COVID kind of was icing on the cake. But, you know, still have one gym left. And then a lot of us trainers and gym owner myself, you know, went to the online training world, you know, 
kind of right at the beginning of COVID and caught on real fast. So now I'm kind of more, I started my podcast as well. So now I'm kind of more into the online scalable feature of getting your message out there um, versus the brick and mortar where you're just competing and you're only working with like, you know, a mile around your, your gym. So. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's a tough gig out there. And I mean, I've been to Huntington beach, love it, but yeah, I have noticed like there on every corner, there's something in it. And I can imagine since COVID things have changed a little bit there with, with the, the scenery, but of course, you know, all business aside, folks are wanting to kind of listen in and hear kind of what they can gain from us. Because of course, in my intro, I, I I told them that, you know, you're all about over 40 fitness hacks. And it's a, it's a whole different ball game from when you're like in your 20s to when you reach 40, when you approach a workout. And I like to hear personal experience from folks because I think a lot of us out there who are looking for online trainers, we're looking for online support, want someone that gets us. So give us the breakdown. What happened or or what, what, how did your trajectory go? You know, you're, you're 20, you're probably able to eat a pizza and, and knock that weight off pretty quick the next day. And, and you know, you, you don't really stretch those kind of things. I mean, at least I'm calling myself out. What did you find when you turned 40 changed for you? What were like the big things that happened? Yeah, well, so besides, you know, being in my late 20s when I started doing the training, you know, you're in your 20s. Not only that, I'm a personal trainer. That's all I do is live in the gym. So I had everything going for me. And then plus, you know, I have to live the life of, you know, being pretty healthy. But like you said, I could eat a whole pizza. I could party on the weekends and still be single digit body fat. But it's funny because over the years, you know, of training clients who are, I've always trained uh, the kind of the over 40, almost kind of over 50 crowd. That's just kind of my niche. We did semi-private training. Um, and that's kind of the the type of clients in Huntington Beach that would come to us. And uh, just over the years of getting closer to 40, and like you said, like even before 40, you know, having my first couple rolled ankles and issues playing sports and, uh-oh, you're starting to see a little weight gain that's not, that's not there. So, you know, push a little harder, do a little more cardio. And uh, thus, you know, kind of as soon as 40 hit, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just so terrible. They were all right. All my clients were right. This is so much harder. I shouldn't have been yelling at them so bad, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And I think I think a big part of it, you know, COVID really showed us, too. You know, during COVID, we're all stuck at home and me being the personal trainer and training online clients. But I was doing it myself. I'd I'd go for my little run. I would do my little workout. Obviously, it's a little more toned down than if I had my gym. But the rest of the time I was sitting down. So then I'd see how important just my movement was from going gym to gym to gym when I had all three gyms and just how much hustling I'd be doing throughout the day, how much steps mattered. And all of a sudden, weight started packing on and then you eat cleaner. But you just you're just sitting there by your fridge. And what else is there to do each day, too? So we'd have friends over and throw barbecue parties and stuff. <laughs> so and, uh, you know, once that mess was all over, we're back in the gyms and, you know, I'd already been doing my podcast and, you know, really found a passion for helping the over 40 crowd. And I kind of just, you know, my whole stick is I'm, I'm more of a lifestyle trainer than a, a militant personal trainer. You know, I understand that my clients have their social life for, you know, whatever they like to partake in. I'm not trying to change it. I might try to tweak it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But here are all my like little hacks I've discovered because I've been experiencing it. And uh, just just to get someone just a little bit more leaner, toner, you know, more functionally fit, um, especially since that matters more as we age anyway. So that's kind of my philosophy and my passion. And okay, okay, I mean it's it's a big deal as as you get older, different things will happen. And one of the things we were talking about as 
as <laughs> wait goes on, a lot of us start to go, okay, what do we do? And you had mentioned like, do I do more, you know, do more cardio? That's kind of our first thing. We've all been taught that um, that's an option. And then if that doesn't work, then the next thing, at least for ladies, is we just stop eating because mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Um, and then after that, we go, all right, hands up in the air. What what fad diet or what kind of thing are we going after? And and one of the trends that I know that you support and and something that I think is is more than just a trend, it's got a lot of, of good backing is fasting. So mm -hmm. tell us kind of what you found with your clients, what you found with yourself um, seem to be working in, in your realm for fasting. Yeah. So kind of when I, when I talk to clients too about dieting, you know, there's no one diet that fits all. I, I'm more what works for you that can stay long-term and you feel good on it. Um, that's the diet for you. So we kind of try to figure that out. Um, my hope is that they'll do some type of fasting because I've, like I said, discovered that the over 40 crowd, oh my God, you know, 80, you know, whatever percentage you say, 80% of, you know, losing weight is diet. And that's true, you know, plus or minus a few percentages. So if you can get the client to, you know, change the diet a little bit or just add some intermittent fasting or longer fasting, like we were talking before the show, it's just game changer, you know, for the least amount of effort you got to put in um, versus, you know, weight training would be number two on getting better results. But as we age and over 40, we got to worry about our joints and how much we're beating up our bodies. It's it's better to do more efficient and less workouts, more efficient, less running and and try to focus a little more on the dieting. So an easy one is just intermittent fasting. You know, you probably heard it. You can Google it. It's just crunching down your eating time window. Hopefully you're counting your calories or close enough. You don't have to make it a, a daily habit, but just put pushing those calories into a, you know, 12 hour time window, then make it a 10 hour time window, then eight. Um, usually for guys, you can go down to six, you know, check with your healthcare professional about for women, you know, they got to watch out with some hormonal balance, uh, but whatever you feel comfortable with. And I'm telling you, just just adding that to your little program, you'll just start seeing, you know, immense change in such a short time too. And then, uh, and I'm, I don't, I don't know if you promote that uh, with with your clients, Doctor Janine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it, it depends kind of where we're at, right? Some people, if if they're strong, they have energy, but they're just like, man, I just keep gaining weight. Like what is going on here? I will have people do a whole 24 hour, sometimes even up to 36, you know, hours or even 72 if we really need to just get the system to reset itself or the other kind of game plan I go for is we'll stop eating. We'll kind of do like a 10 to six window or a 12 to eight kind of, kind of window and, and see how that goes. I mean, anything to let the metabolic system catch up. I'm sure you found the same kind of thing, just letting the yeah. system catch up. Yeah. And that's the thing. I started dabbling in more of the longer fasting. That's also something check, check to make sure you're okay with that. Yeah. And then also ease into it. Don't just go for that 72 hour fast. I worked my way up to a, you know, a 12 hour or a 24 hour, then a 36 hour. And I just did one a couple of weeks ago, 48 hours. And, you know, at that time I'd, I'd done long fasting for a few weeks in a row. And then I kind of paced it at like once a month. And the 48 hour one was actually one of the easiest ones to do. It's like, you have to force yourself to start eating again, to rev up that engine. And then after you do that, you can't stop. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just learning about it, just the, the autophagy that happens of clearing out your system. I did a, a four month checkup with my doctor. We did blood work. He couldn't believe since I started doing that, what happened? Like, you know, I I'm on the keto diet. I don't know how much you promote that or not, but it works for me. And I watch it and I do clean and, but your, your cholesterol does elevate, but as long as you're healthy, your good cholesterol goes up with it. That's kind of the, 
caveat that it's, it's you're doing pretty decent. But even with that, 20% drop in four months. My doctor had never seen anything like it. And then all my liver enzymes were even better than they were before. So I'm just like, oh man, I got to start keep practicing this. <laughs> so I've, I've been working on that. And uh, just the amount of, you know, having fun a little bit on the weekends. And my, my thing now is if you had a little bit too much fun, you know, New Year's Eve parties, that kind of stuff, then okay, you got to pay the price. So on Monday, I start my 48 hour fast. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been working for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of let's put it this way. A lot of people in, in the health industry have been like, so I don't know what it is. I think it has to do with working on the whole concept of eating disorders and not trying to offend anyone with the fasting and just, you know, saying, oh, we're going to get in a bad pattern if we binge and then we, we take a fast afterwards. But the reality is, is if you know what you're up for and, and it's not, you know, if there, if you have an eating disorder, legitimately you, you know, fasting, probably not your thing, but you know that you're going to have your birthday, right? I mean, I do this birthday, new year's, if that's the case or any time that, yeah, I go out with my friends and I, and I'm having like, well, I live in Wisconsin now. So deep fried cheese curds, (laughs) you're going to make sure that the next day is a very light day of eating and, you know, maybe some more movement, things of that nature. But that, I think that is an absolutely perfect hack for all of us who are getting older. I mean, it's, it's, if we look at the foundation of it, and that's kind of the basis of of fasting we're letting the system catch back up let it detox off the cheese curds and you know if you had a couple beers or margaritas or whatever it may be and and you move on i i bet you've probably found this brad like your clients probably are like you know i want to have some fun here i don't want to eat you know perfect and never drink alcohol ever again i mean some people are down with it but i would guess the majority of people you work with do like to have some fun in some aspects yeah yeah that's kind of where where i you know, my culture where I'm at in Huntington Beach, it's just there's so much fun stuff to do and and all that. So it's just all my clients are all coming with the same issues. We refuse to stop doing what we're doing because we like to party and or go out to eat a lot or whatever, whatever their thing is. Mm. And then my thing is like, OK, I live in the same city. I do the same thing. So it's not a real hard sell for me to get them to add that versus you need to come in, you know, four to five times a week in the gym or do homework at home, which I know they're not going to do. Um buy a million supplements, which I don't really like taking a lot of supplements anyway. So it's just a simple little thing I can get them. And my thing is working with clients is don't change too much, you know, get them used to the workouts of working with me first and then make little tiny tweaks. And I've found that, you know, that'll hold and stay longer than trying to do a whole program, which is what most people want. They're like, I'll do anything. I'll do everything all at the same time. No, no, no. You're, it just doesn't work out that well. Oh, I laugh only because I've been there. I mean, myself, yeah, myself but- too. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm like, I'm doing all the things. And then like, I get like three of them and I'm, then I'm beating myself up for days or I just give up. Right. You, you just t- tackle on too much. And I, I think, I think we also need to be thinking about realistic, right? Realistic change. And, and especially as we're getting over 40, we tend to have be set in our ways in certain things. And there's things that we like. So it's like, why can't we find a way to work around certain aspects of our life from like you're mentioning going out to dinner. I think for a lot of people, that is something that is enjoyable and, and, and should be done. I mean, I do it too. Of course. I think a lot of people think that us folks in, in the fitness and, and, and natural medicine industry never do any of these things. So I always like to highlight that that happens. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about some of your hacks for aches and pains, because this is another big area that I see, especially with like back pain. You mentioned rolling an ankle. Tell us a little bit, like, what are some of your things you, you, you're you recommending for folks? I mean, you start with whatever you want, but let's, let's break. Yeah. So, so I usually, you know, all my clients, whether they're 20 all the way to 70, you know, part of my program when I put them through is real focused on like functional fitness and then balance, especially with my older clientele, because, you know, slips, trips and falls is the game changer. You know, you get knocked out. It's months and months and months of coming back to the game and it gets that much harder the older you get to get, build that muscle back up. God, it's so hard to keep the muscle on. It's, it's just not fair. You know, how yeah. our bodies are designed, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, so we incorporate, you know, whatever we kind of build the program, whatever the client's looking, you know, some are still wanting to play sports or some don't like lifting too much. They like more of the, the high intensity. So we'll cater to all of that, but incorporating balance and in all of it. Um, so just simple stuff like, you know, standing on one leg, but it doesn't stop there, you know, holding on to something safe and just holding there for a couple seconds, make it a little harder. You drop to maybe like a little mini squat. And then you start doing stuff where you like turn your head each way and, you know, for time, always, you know, balance both sides. Um, and then closing your eyes. That's a huge one. Imagine trying to do all that. Close your eyes for just five seconds. You're going to be all over the place and you can train, get better at that. Um, and then for some people who can go to the next uh, stages, we, we put them on like a, you probably know what BOSUs are and balance discs. You can get those off Amazon. They're super cheap. Just to put a little extra um, in balance on your on your foot and it could be on one foot or both feet and you just you know do a lunge on it do a squat on it do the same thing i said try to turn and look uh keep your eyes closed and then for the people who are more athletic or more into sports and, or can do it it's doing balance in motion so imagine doing kind of like a walking lunge and then turning and twisting your entire body and coming back to your athletic stance which is you know both feet straight on the ground knees bent and then taking another step, doing the same motion. And we can have all sorts of fun where we give people bands or throw medicine balls at them. You know, it's just, it's kind of a program that's like limitless. You know, we don't, you know, I haven't trained any NFL athletes or MMA athletes myself, but, you know, high school level or college level for sure. So we can do some fun stuff, but you always got to start at the basics and, and, and work your way up. And those kind of things are what, what help keep your balance and, you know, avoid those slips, trips and falls. And not only that, but just your peripherals, all this type of training works on your peripherals as well, because you have to, when you're doing those kind of motion changes and that's what catches you, um, you know, from falling off a step or down the stairs or missing a handrail and that kind of stuff. So that's, we, we really promote that, you know, all ages at our gym. I think that's huge that you mentioned that with the peripheral, because that is something that I have not seen a lot of done in, in the regular realm of training. It, you know, just going into certain, let's put it this way. I, I have a lot of experience with powerlifting kind of gyms, you know, and that a lot of times we're not getting that kind of motion. I love watching functional folks, especially with those. Do you have those lights? Did you ever use those light things that you hit and you can yeah. like watch the lights from different sides? Do you have those? I was going to mention that uh, our, uh, one of my clients is a eye doctor and he brought that in. He wanted me to train and he let me use it for other clients too, since I've lost them and lost all the light equipment, but we do other methods, but yeah. You can sit there and do the light changes and hit these buttons. Not only that, but then start going on the stuff I just said, where you're on one leg or you're on a BOSU and you got to quickly as you can without moving your head. Or sometimes you're allowed to move your head, hit those lights and start peripheral training. 
you know, it's, it's he wanted to do to have me train more like the athletes and baseball players, but that kind of wasn't our clientele. But still, that kind of training still benefits everybody. Um, since then, we started using like like a little mini lacrosse ball or even a lighter ball, and then we'll have them in those stages of whatever balance uh, form they're in, and then we'll throw a ball at any given direction, and they have to catch it while they're doing all that stuff. So same kind of the cheaper way of getting that expensive light set up, but. I mean, it's all, it all works. And it's like, you you can progress and get better at all these things and they're all trackable, which is the best thing. Right, right. Well, in real life with someone throwing a ball, I mean, your grandkid or your own kid could throw with a ball at you at any given time, you know, and you might be at the top of the stair and, it, you know, it's, it's, you can, you can relate it to real life situations. No, I love this stuff. And, and if, you know, folks are listening, if you guys go back to some of my old Instagram stuff, I'll be on something bouncing a ball. My dogs are chasing the balls. It's, it's chaos, but it's fun. And, and I like this kind of approach because these are the things that help the neurological wiring that unfortunately, as we get older, they need some cobwebs dusted off up there in, in terms of things. Oh, that's so cool. I, I like that. I like that you're incorporating that. Now, what have you found for folks that, um, are a little bit more into, into athletics, right? Maybe they're biking, maybe they're hiking, maybe they're even surfing. Cause I'm imagining Huntington beach and you got some folks who are over 40 who are definitely surfing. Do you ever, do you ever do any simulations where they're working on their own sport? Do you guys do anything like that? Or do you have any hacks for folks who are like, I really want to be outside for my stuff, which I, I can imagine all the balance stuff's really good. What about sports specifics? I could talk stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, like, like the surfers, you know, we have them coming into the gym, not necessarily outside, but we work on all that balance stuff. And we actually, for the, the, the more advanced people, I've got an endo board. I don't know if you remember that thing, but it's basically like a surf simulator board. Yeah. It's, it's on a, like just a tube with a long board on that. And you got to be very careful on that thing. We've had people almost break their arms and shoulders on their own, you know? So one of us trainers has to be there. Um, but you can do some crazy stuff on there and have them go out there, start surfing. And that's what keeps coming back. They're like, I need this. Cause you know, I had one client who was probably 50 and he had, he hadn't surfed in 10 years. Now he's getting all back in and going on these trips. And he quickly realized, I mean, getting up was the problem. Once he's up, he still had the mobility and all that. So that's what we worked on. So that was a real cool one. And I got a couple clients, surfer clients from that and did little groups and stuff like that. Um, and just like hikers and that kind of stuff, we work on leg strength, um, a lot of, uh, plyometrics and then also just, you know, uh, rucking, you know, we get them, uh, I have all these different, uh, weight vests all the way from, you know, six pounds all the way to 60 pounds. I got a monster to 60 pounds and we'll put them, you know, put them outside, put them on the treadmill. Um, and then we also have a, uh, a sled, you know, a couple of different types of sleds that we can all do some crazy stuff with that. It's, you know, we got terrible stuff for everybody. One, <laughs> one, one of my favorites is I, I started getting a lot of uh, firefighters. And so they'd start coming in and uh, they wanted to get trained. Not only they always give me like a month or less to get them ready and they hadn't been doing anything. I'm like, oh, my God. All right. We're going to have to go aggressive like five or six days a week. And then prior to your test, we got to give you like three days of recovery. Um, but I would look, they'd show me on uh, YouTube what the course looked like. And I would create the entire course in my eyes as a trainer of what you would need to do to pass each thing. And I would time them. And then we kind of made a test out of it. And throughout the next three weeks, I would just kill them in this thing. And it's just, 
you know, doing like body drags and sled pushes. And, and I had a rope pull machine where it was a cardio machine that you could pull this rope and it was uh, on a loop and you could yeah. add resistance to it. So I'd have them on there, do single arms, just everything. And every one of my firefighters that I put through there was in the top 5%. Nice. It's funny because one of my one of my trainers that was just renting space, he actually wanted to become a firefighter. He took the test and he failed his first time. So we're like, how is a personal trainer failing? But it made me feel good about you know my techniques. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, oh, firefighter training stuff is tough, and especially if yeah, they give you what less than a month, and then. On top of that, I don't know if you've ever had the ones who want to do the skyscraper climbs with all of their gear. And then oh, they want never to... had those, but <laughs> oh, oh man, the, that's a that's a whole nother entertaining um, training training round. But yeah, it's I think that it's has right to to specific training. And I wanted folks to hear that, obviously, because not everyone's going to be a firefighter. Not everyone's going to want to do body drags and, you know, different crazy things. But my whole mission in life is to keep folks in their sports that they love until yeah. the day they die. I mean, that's, that's how I want, I see myself. That's how I want, you know, folks who are up for that kind of, of life and, and knowing that they can do it. So you had mentioned this guy was coming back to surfing and you kind of helped him to work with that. Give us some examples. Do you have any other examples of folks that you were bringing back to certain sports? Like you were mentioning rocking, you were mentioning hiking, anything else you can think of specifically for, for folks so that they could just hear that, if you haven't been in it for a while, you still can get it back. Yeah, I think uh, I have a couple more, but just kind of overall, everyone across the board, athletes or people coming back to, you know, besides that balance training that we were talking about, uh, I do a lot of ladder work too. Uh, if you've ever seen ladders, like football players or sports people will go in and out of these ladders. It's like mm -hmm. 10, 10 rings. You can get that super cheap too. And just YouTube ladder drills, all of them are beneficial. It helps with coordination, your peripherals, like once again, but being on your tippy toes, um, the balls of your feet uh, is so good for like ankle strength. And that's the one thing that if you're not watching in your later years and you're trying to go back to a sport, oh man, you can roll an ankle so bad. You know, I did it myself playing football because I got a little lazy, wasn't training that way and just thought I can go right back into it and got one of the nastiest rolled ankles I've ever done. And I'm the one preaching all this stuff. So you definitely have to, practice before you play and in, in the over 40 crowd um and you know also doing like some plyometrics where you're jumping on boxes or jumping on like with one leg some for some people can't do that that's okay so we'll go back to the balance training but uh some of the some of the other fun uh, athletes coming back in are like rock climbers that's a different yeah. interesting sport yeah um as a 200 pound man myself and another trainer would we went in there just to kind of feel it out and we try to use brute strength to climb the wall and we did but you are gassed so fast and it's so inefficient first of all it's inefficient being 200 pounds and doing that sport but you still can um so you learn the techniques and everything but it's all about grip strength and grip endurance so then we just start playing with that in the in the gym so we do like farmer walks um We've got grip strength uh, grippers that you can uh, play with in all different, uh, you know, from easy like a lacrosse ball or a squeezy ball all the way to we bought some strongman iron grips that are just like, you know, you got to throw like 50 pounds of force to clench this thing. We got we got it all. Um, so not only you got to build the strength, but you got to build the blood vessels in there and everything and build your endurance in there to be able to do it for a long time because these you know rock climbers are climbing for a while you need to make sure that you're not gonna fall yeah yeah no so. having having well 
a former, I should say, because since I live in Wisconsin, we don't have anything close by. But when I lived in Washington State, it was like every day I was rock climbing. And yeah, it's it's a whole nother ball game for things like that. And, and what it got me to thinking about, as you were mentioning it, is grip strength is so much related to just life in general and and a lot of our ability to grab onto something hold it if we need to or pull ourselves out of something i mean i'm thinking survival stuff right yeah i'm sure and that's a big thing is doing a being able to do a pull-up at least one pull-up to pull yourself out of something that's huge mm -hmm. and hard to do yeah yeah pull-ups that's another thing i think a lot of people um have overlooked that and saying like oh my gosh i can't do it there's no way do you do pull-up programs with folks? Is that something that you've you've worked with over time? Oh yeah, and you know that then the you know people will come in and the first thing you want to do is start just go aggressively start doing pull-ups with their own body weight. And you know, being over forty, I've had so many you know aches and pains from tennis elbow and pulling ligaments. It's you know you got to warm up and you got to get to that point too. So it's better um, starting with like the lap pull or even bands or cables to yeah. really start aggressively getting stronger at that and it is trainable you can get up to your own body weight no problem um and then using like a scissors like the we, we put long bands around the lap pull machine or the not the lap pull the pull-up bar okay. um, that way they, they can put a foot in and be in a in a straight vertical position and then do the pull-ups where we can assist them too whatever we need then we'll start using lighter and lighter and lighter bands and eventually no bands and uh, yeah, just a trainable thing. Every never had a person or even a female that that wanted to do it that couldn't do it. They wanted to put the work into it. There you go. There you go. Ladies, listen to that, because I think it is important to even be able to just do one should you need to pull yourself out of a situation. And, and at this point, I don't have any great stories of someone that's miraculously saved themselves yet, but you can never be not be enough prepared. That's kind of where I look at it in terms of survival and things of that nature. So I, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at upper body strength. I'm looking at lower body strength, at total body strength. One of the big things that a lot of people, you know, we'll, we've kind of talked about balance. We've talked about Julie, all these things. One of the things a lot of people will tend to kind of debate on as we get older, and I want to kind of hear what you're up to, is mm -hmm. core stability. Because a lot of people think, okay, I got to keep doing my push, not my push up, sorry, the the crunches and things of that nature. And I feel like crunches aren't so great as we get older, depending on how we do them. So what's what's your hack for, for core work? Yeah, so definitely with core work, and as we get older, um, doing like this traditional, you know, crunches and sit-ups and all that kind of stuff, start not being so great for you, even even younger people too. Um, you know, us trainers and physical therapists and chiros all sit there and fight over over everything. What I've learned in my 13 years, it's 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 okay to do those things, but in moderation. The worst thing to do is to see a person that only does sit-ups or only does crunches every day. Oh, it's just such a toll on the spine um, to sit there and bend like that for, for so many things without doing any other types of positions or giving your body a break. Um, same thing with just any type of exercise for your body anywhere. You can't just do a bench press bar for your chest. Um, you know, you can't just do back squats and that's all you do for squats. You got, you got to change it up because, you know, different parts of your body support that movement and you need to give the other movement a break every now and then. So for core, you know, obviously planks and uh, hollows, active hollows, we call them, which is like a reverse plank where you're on your back, legs and hands up and your head up slightly and hold that position. Those are really great. Side planks are great. Um, 
but then you know it is okay to start doing some easy crunches we just have to make sure people aren't you know bending their head chin down we want them staring straight up to give their spine a, a better position um and sit-ups sit-ups probably aren't just the greatest just in general it's better just to do either crunches and some knee knee pops we call them where you bring your knees to your chest and let your uh lower back or your uh glutes come off the ground a little bit to start working your lower abs but uh you know, just everything in moderation. Don't overdo the movement. Shorter movements and slower are better, and they'll burn more, so you'll get more out of it. But, uh, yeah, I try to do a lot of stuff in uh, plank and side plank form first, and then I'll throw in a couple extra things just to, just to get a little extra movement in there. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. I'm glad you mentioned the neck thing. My husband and I are watching Fail Army on TV. I don't know. If oh, you- yeah. We, we keep that playing on our gym 24-7. It's like, the, besides that and Baywatch, it's the most watched shows and requested in our gym. Oh, my God. And so you can point out, like, don't do that um, nicely. For, for yeah. but those of you guys who are listening, Fail Army is literally, they have all kinds of goofy things. But the gym scenes are pretty much the ones where I'm just like, what is that person Cringy, doing? Cringy, yeah. And why are you doing that? And so... A lot of these things, you know, is, is why I think it's important. The reason I brought it up is why I think it's important to have someone who's a trainer versus going in and just watching something on YouTube and imagining what someone's doing, because it is really, really hard, I think, to to work out on your own with with one, even with the, the amount of training I have, I still have a trainer because yeah. I feel like I can't see things that they can. And and this is why I find it absolutely just just huge. So I want to get into what what you're doing in your gym now, where it's at, so folks can get all that information in terms of the online side of things. But before we go there, I want to talk about the most important thing that that I kind of feel like a lot of folks over 40 start to forget about and kind of go, oh, that's for those young guys or, oh, that's for those young girls. Protein. Let's talk about protein for a minute and kind of all of your hacks that you found, because the biggest issue I find with a lot of folks is one, we can't people struggle to digest it. And of course we can talk about enzymes, but the other side of it is how to get it in and how to get to the amounts that we need when it seems like we have to, you know, always go for protein shakes and things of that nature to get to that amount. So what are your protein hacks? Give us, give us a scoop. Yeah. So for protein, you know, my overall philosophy and everyone's got all these different philosophies, but just, just from the last 15 years of my life being really into this profession, you know, everybody's different um, on how their body assimilates it, whether your body's trained that way or genetically, or it does matter what kind of your size as well. It's, you know, people think that, oh, you can only assimilate 20 grams of protein or you could do 30 or whatever. It's one of those things where you just kind of play with it and see how your body's adjusting to it. I personally have seen my body, I'll take 60 grams in one hit and I get to the levels and leanness that I want. It didn't turn to fat. So obviously my body's processing it. Um, another thing is the source of protein. Like I said, real food is always better. And then I've noticed it's helped. You mentioned enzymes, taking uh, digestive enzymes to help process that food. Your body will process it, but you'll process it better uh, <laughs> using a little hack like that. And then if you are going to do it's just everyone knows it is if you're counting protein, it is so freaking hard to hit the amount that if you go check any calculator, macro calculator, know what you're kind of shooting for. It is so hard to hit that. There's not enough time in the day to to hit this. So protein shakes, that's where they come into play. I try not to do more than one if I have to, too. Um, but then you start looking at the quality of the company that you're buying from. Uh, 
what kind of protein it is. I'm actually allergic to whey. I've learned that in my 40s. That's a fun little fact for being over 40. Allergic to a bunch of different things, by the way. But that being like going into anaphylactic shock, scary. So I had to switch to pea protein. And so checking the companies on that one. And then, you know, there's concentrate, which is the cheap stuff. Then there's isolate, which is the little bit more expensive stuff. That's the better stuff where it's a little bit more broken down and easier bioavailable for, for the person to absorb it. Then there's hydrolysate, which is real expensive, but I didn't really see much difference between the two from isolate to that one. It wasn't worth the money for me. So isolate is kind of what I recommend to folks. And then if you want whey, if you want pee, uh, they've got different blends of everything. But just if you're over 40, you're paying this money, don't buy the good stuff. Don't buy the cheap stuff because it's, it's so hard to keep your muscle mass on. Your body's constantly fighting unless you keep giving this, these environmental stress factors of working out and and eating, trying to grow muscle tone. We're not supposed to be like that. You know, we created all this stuff. We're, our our na- natural genetic, you know, set point is probably like 140 pounds or something for a guy and less for a girl. And we've done this, but, you know, it's also better for sports and functional, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but uh, those are kind of my things with protein. How, how about yourself? Uh, I also have a serious reaction to whey now. And I think it's because of so much consumption of it and then stress on the gut yeah. with, with hard workouts. I think that it's common for a lot of folks who are athletic. Like I had hives head to toe um, and I was like, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, and now like I, it gets near me and I'm itching like a crazy person. So I do find that, yeah, if, if I, I really have people rotating things if they haven't had a reaction, just because you have more stress, the older you are. I pea protein is kind of my go-to. I, mm-hmm. I rotate between those ones too. And yeah, the, I haven't seen much difference between the isolate and the hydrodros... I can't never say what either. Hydrosylate, I Yeah, hydrosylate. My tongue is in my way today. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, that's kind of the same way I feel. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's finding a brand that's that's clean. I mean, Naked Pea and uh, Truvani are kind of like my two that I tend to go through. Kachava, I will sometimes work through as well. I don't know what brands you have for your favorites. Let's let's throw out some favorites for people here. If you got any any insights, I do a uh, uh, Sun Warrior protein because I'm more of kind of keto diet ish, and that just happens to have like one gram of net carbs, or I think it even wipes itself out. So that way I can have a few extra scoops because, you know, I'm trying to hit the 60 grams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, naked pea protein, just just the, you know, the other one's a little bit more expensive. This one, I can kind of add it up to it and since I'm using it so often. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think in the, if for way we always uh, promote uh, Optimum Nutrition. They're just a big company that puts a lot of money into their stuff and it's relatively cheap. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all these other companies, I just don't, I never you know, went, went to the depth of exploring where they are and all that. And I just don't, you know, trust someone unless I, I dive deep into them. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. It is something that you guys, you know, listening, you want to be thinking about if you do get protein powders, know where it's coming from. And then the whole other thing is, is the bars and, um, man, it's like really high end junk food is kind yeah. of the way I look at bars. And, and I know there are some that are a little bit better than others, cleaner ones. What kind of bars do you, do you have folks gravitate towards? I know with your keto twist, do you have some that are a little bit more on your end of things or not so much? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of stay away from bars for the same reason. There's just so much stuff put in them. Um, and, and if you're going to go the route of supplementing, I'd rather stay with liquid because your body will just absorb it that much faster than waiting for your body to digest it. 
So if you're going to go the digestive route and chew, then I'd, I'd rather go whole foods. So I always push for, for liquid being the best. And especially after the workout within the next like 10 to 15 minutes, because it matters how fast you, you know, get that lactic acid washed away, your cortisol levels dropped. Um, so I always tell people, bring your protein shakes to the gym though. I don't want to have you wait to go home dilly dally and then, you know, mm. make it. So yeah, yeah, never, never mess too much with the protein bars. <laughs> it's it's smart. I mean, honestly, it's kind of where, where I'm at as well. I know a lot of people will sometimes unfortunately end up that's like their default. And now all of a sudden we've got breakfast, lunch and dinner bars and it doesn't end well. It's not, it's yeah. not health food. It's, it's. Yeah. I think if you are going to do it, then just the real things you're worrying about it is if you are worried about carbs, obviously look at that. Then just the sweeteners, you know, hopefully it's more natural type sweeteners or stevia or, or a monk fruit they use a lot nowadays mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, sucralose aspartame. And I forgot what the other real bad one is, um, but. Phenylalanine, all those. Yeah. Yes. Anything that like somewhat resembles fentanyl, don't don't do any of those. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> any yeah. long name like that. Yeah, if it looks if it looks like an opioid, just <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think I think a lot of folks can appreciate like if it's a big long name and you're like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, don't put it in your mouth. Not a good idea. I mean, that, let's put it this way. As we get older, our bodies do become a little bit more sensitive. And indefinitely with the certain foods, it, it does make a difference of choosing things closer to to the the real deal, closer to the cave, someone told me once. I thought that was a good, good statement because, yeah, all this chemical stuff. I mean, I've had people trying to figure out why they can't um, move too far from a bathroom because of some of these sugar alcohols that are in things. And, and yep. um, is what it is. And that's the thing is you start finding, start paying attention to your body because certain people will have like, you know, little gluten reactions or reactions to chemicals and all that. You should be feeling like that. So that means you need to switch what you're doing or do a little bit more research. You should be feeling good all the time or as best as you can. So that's, that's been my focus for over 40 is not being hurt, feeling good with my diet and, uh, you know, everything you do, if it's something new, taking baby steps, don't just jump into it. Nice. Nice. Well said. Well said. So, all right. Where can folks find you, Brad? Where, like in person and online so that they've got both, both options here, because I do know some people listen in California, but I, I don't know where they are and let's. Yeah. Break unless, it you're close to, unless you're close to Huntington Beach, California, that's kind of where my brick and mortar gym is. Um, you can find me on Yelp Evolve Gym. Uh, but for my uh, online stuff, it's uh, over40fitnesshacks.com. Or you can find same name uh, on the whatever you listen to for podcasting. And uh, that's uh, over 40 with a four zero, not spelled out. And uh, yeah, I do uh, online coaching, group coaching, as well as uh, in person. So that's uh, what I've been doing for the last uh, 15 years of my life. Love it. Love it. Well, you're well-versed. Definitely passed my test in terms of all the questions and, and the drilling. So guys, I mean, obviously I wouldn't have had him on the podcast if I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> I, you know, definitely think it's a great conversation to to have with folks about this. And so I'm glad that you were able to come on and looking forward to being on your podcast. So folks, stay tuned for that. Brad, thanks for chatting with me today. Awesome. Thanks you so much for having me on the show. Hey, Health Junkies, are you feeling just off, feeling like you're aging a little bit faster than you want to and wondering what in the world is up? Hey, 
I might have some answers for you and some direction. If you want to chat with me, I am offering complimentary calls right now. You can head over to doctor spelled out J K R A U S E N D dot com. Take my quiz, click on the schedule of chat, and let's talk and see if we can get you in the right direction. And if I'm able to help you, I'm going to let you know. Otherwise, I'm going to help you find what you're looking for. Head over to drjkrausnd.com and check it out now. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out.